The last 20 years as a church we experienced a lot of highs and lows. This is exactly the same thing happened in our lives. We have a lot of highs and lows and then we ask the question, why those things happen to my personal life? Heather Cook has the same question when it comes to a profound, amazing answers. The new series is called The Street of Hope because as a church we're moving to the Hoffnungstrasse number one. What the Daniel has done in the Old Testament, to read that story is amazing. But to do that, it's another story. I said to my wife, of course, I will be a part. Let's fast for three weeks. The Daniel fasting is very simple. You just eat uh, vegetables and vegetables and vegetables. And between the vegetables, you eat some fruits. And after the fruits, vegetables again. Uh, it's a cool thing. You are, you are hungry all the time. You eat a lot, but after, after three plates of, of vegetables, you're still hungry. And I've done that by purpose because I felt the last four or three years a little bit like Habakkuk. I felt like in a, in, a, in a pit. I felt a little bit like rock bottom because we faced many situations as a church. And I said to God, when we're going to the new building, it's like a new season. It's like a new chapter God is opening. And I said to God... I want to have a restart in my journey. I want to have a restart as a pastor. And that's why for more than 25 days, I was doing the Daniel fasting. I was starving all the time. I'm hungry all the time. I'm tired all the time. But in my spirit, I will be fresh. And I'm so glad that Wednesday when I arrived Melbourne, Daniel fasting is over. But what I have experienced the last three weeks was some breakthroughs in my personal life. And I want to close in the celebration moment because Habakkuk, he lived 600 years before Christ. He was one of the 12 minor prophets. And he had some questions to God because God said, because the people of God, they were not following God anymore. They were corrupt. And God is saying, I love my people so much. I will take them to bondage to Babylon. And in the Babylon, they will cry and repent and they will longing to go back and have a relationship with God again. And Habakkuk asked, what, what's about those Jewish people like me? They're honest, they're faithful, they love you. And God said, all, even you, Habakkuk. And that's why Habakkuk had some questions. And this is the position of Habakkuk. He started very well in faith. He crashed down, he felt like rock bottom, like in a pit. And in the pit, he had a crisis of belief. When you're facing a crisis of belief, what is the position in chapter number one, Habakkuk is wondering why God is doing what he's doing. This is chapter number one. Chapter number two, Habakkuk is what waiting for a cool answer. Chapter number three is worship. Habakkuk wrote his own worship song. Not in his high season, he wrote the worship song in the low season. The best songs and the best books and the best quotes are written in the pit. When you're facing rock bottom, there Habakkuk wrote a worship song to God. Have you ever wrote your own personal worship song? I have done many times, and I always hand it to my worship team, and always start to laugh about me. 
God still uh, has written so many worship songs for me. And here is the first point of the worship song of Habakkuk. Remember what God has done. Worship is actually not, I don't say, God, you are good. God, you're great. God, you're awesome. I don't say that because God is in a faith crisis. It's not that God has an identity crisis. It's not that God has forgot that he's big, he's faithful. Saying that, it's more for my soul. Saying that, it's more for my spirit. Because when we face rock bottom, when we're facing the pit, we're losing the vision that God is good, God is great, God is awesome. Worship songs are written for you and me, for my soul, for my spirit. We, we give ourselves just God is strong. And here is the verse number two of the worship song of Habakkuk. An amazing verse. Lord, I have heard of your fame. Lord, I have heard of your fame. He said, I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In rapt, remember mercy. Here the word renew just literally means three things in Hebrew. It means renew, of course. Second, revive. And third, restore means restore my life in a high season, position myself in a blessing mode again. Praise and worship, it's more for your soul. You say to your soul, this is a statement. God will restore, God will renew. God is still in charge of my personal life. When you're looking back of the Old uh, Testament, it's an amazing how many, how many festivals were celebrated. Have you counted how many times the Jewish people came together for party, for celebration? It's not because God is like a celebration God. It's not because only uh, meeting the family or friends. Celebration in the Old Testament had always one main meaning. The meaning of every party, of every celebration was... Remember the days when we left Egypt with nothing in our hands. Our bucket, basket, they were empty. But now when you're coming to the party, look your hands. You have kids, you have animals, you have a house, your basket is so full. And God is saying every party, every celebration is just remember. Don't forget that what God has done in the past gives you the idea what God will do in the future. God is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. When people of God in the Old Testament had an encounter with God, they have built an altar. It's not because they, are, they, they love the altar all the time. The altar was always a meaning. When they passed a city or a village, or when they passed the altar, they say, oh my goodness, 20 years ago, I was in a pit. 20 years ago, I felt rock bottom. But here is a sign that God is a God of signs and miracles. Every altar is like a worship song. Every uh, festival was like a worship song. Or when they conquered the Jordan, God said to the people of God, take 12 stones out of the Jordan. They took 12 stones out of the Jordan. And God said, put them in the land. Whenever you pass, this stone, your kids will say, Daddy, why is this stone here and not in the river? What is the meaning of that stone? And the father will say, that's a good question. 
never found the clip. For those that are longer than here from four years in that building, they had African lounge, uh, American lounge, what we had, like Asian lounge, Latino lounge. You know, we ate and drank always for free. That was the, was the season where the international grew so fast, you know, <laughs> because people came just for the food. Um, so, the spiritual food, of course. Oh, of course, come, of course. Well, you know, when I, when, I, when I found that clip, it was like God was speaking to me so straight. You know, uh, we asked the, the government of Zurich, how long could we stay in that place? And the government said, at least five years. We think it will be end in ten years. And we know, okay, we will, we will, we will replay, we change that building. And uh, we will stay for five years and then we will, we will move smoothly in this new building. And after we had 800,000 Swiss francs saving on the bank account and we invested all the 800,000 in that building. Because we knew we rented out that building, we knew when we renting out we will have the 8,000 back. And in five years the church will even earn some money from the world. This was the plan. But after nine months, the government said to us, you have to leave the building in December. We were shocked because they said five years. One year, it's not five. And we said, hey, come on, we were not able to find so fast a place and we could stay three months longer. After one year and three months, we had to move out. That means we lost 800,000 Swiss francs in that building. All the savings we lost. And now you have to understand, as a leader, people will say to me, are you so stupid to sign a contract only for one year? I said, no, I'm not stupid. The government said to us, five years, it will be even going 10 years. And the last three years, we moved from building to building. And I have to be honest, as a pastor, I felt like in a pit. I felt in a crisis of belief. I faced rock bottom. I had some questions to God. I struggled with this, God. Because I could not understand, God, why you're doing what you're doing. Of course, now we're standing here, we say, oh, come on, the last four years, no big deal. Now we praise and worship Jesus in this new building. But I cannot just go on and just close my eyes. And there are some questions I had. And now I want to show you some more questions I had the last three years. I brought you a picture about the building they want to build in that Güterbahn of the police and the police department, it's a big, big, huge, I think 400 or the 600 million Swiss francs for the police department. It's very important. Police has to be strong in Zurich. It's important. Yeah. But this is not the shocking thing. The last four years until now, that piece of land, it's still empty. Check this, the next slide. Check this bill. Check it out. Every Sunday when I drove to Markt, I said, God, why is the land empty? They're not, they're not even building that police thing. God, why you, God, what are you doing? You are the God above the contract. You know my struggle in faith? And now there's no coincidence that the last Sunday when we had the, the, the opening of this building, in the 25th of January, the government decided a special company to build that building and they will start maybe in the end of May or in summer. I said to God, now I don't get it. Why in the flipping world? They kicked this out 
The piece of land is still there for three years. No action going on. We moved from cinema to cinema, from building to building, from Yonex. God, why are in the world we have come to that? The why question is always attached when you're facing rock bottom, when you are in a pit, right? Even when you say God is big, God is great, even this is no question. We have still the, the why question. And that leads me to the second point of the song of Habakkuk. We're still in the worship song of Habakkuk. He is saying, accept what God is doing. Why accepting what God is doing? The ways of God are not our ways, and the thoughts of God not our thoughts. God's thoughts are higher than we can ever think or dream and imagine. God is doing behind the scenes certain things we will never understand. Habakkuk is saying, and God is saying to them, all the people of God, they will go to Babylon. Habakkuk 3 verse 16, in the song of Habakkuk, he said, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Habakkuk said, when I heard that news, I started to tremble. And here is the thing. When I heard about three years ago, we had to move out from the Gütebahnhof. This could be my song. I started to shake. I said to God, where should we go? And I learned something the last three years. And here's one of the most important lessons I learned as a pastor. I learned wherever we meet, whatever the place the name is, it doesn't matter where we have celebration. Jesus is always the center. Wherever we meet, salvation power will not be stopping. Wherever we go, signs and miracles will take place because people coming for the very first time, they don't care about the building. They don't care about the chair. They don't care about our journey. They care in that moment that God Almighty is doing signs and miracles in their life. And I learned the last three more than ever in my life. Whatever we are, wherever we are, it doesn't matter. When two or three coming together in the name of Christ, he is here. We can ask him whatever we know ask, and he will do it. Because in your biggest mess, become a message. Your biggest test becomes a testimony. Your stumbling stone becomes your stepping stones. Come on. This is our message. The message is to him. Wherever we are, God is doing signs and miracles. This is what I learned from the bottom of my heart. This is the lesson when you face rock bottom. Start to understand what God is doing behind the scenes. It's bigger than you think. My wife, she asked God, God, why do I have to leave the Gütebahnhof? And God gave her the revelation. When the people of God left Egypt, before they entered the promised land, the Bible is saying God tested them in the desert 12 times. 12 times God tested them and 12 times they failed. And God is saying to my wife, I testing Isaac. I testing their heart. I testing their passion. I will test them wherever I put them. I will test the church if they really believe. Wherever we are, it doesn't matter. God's power is still here. And I believe we passed the test.
This is what I believe. This is what I believe. I heard another amazing story. You know, I love stories. We're celebrating 200 years of the year without summer. Have you ever heard about the year without summer? In the year 1816, there were a year without any summer. In uh, America, they called the year 1816 the 1800 and frozen to death. Why is that so? In Quebec, in uh, July 1816, there were 30 centimeters snow. Every month, there were snow until the ground. There was snow all over. July is the month of sunshine. They had snow in Quebec. In Switzerland, the 2nd and 3rd July of 1816, whole Switzerland was covered with snow in July. Not February, March, July. August, September, and June as well. One year with snow. What happened is uh, a lot of animals died. Uh, economy was really bad. Some people died. It was a really a big, big, big mess. People had no clue. They even prayed to God. God, why is, why is this happening? Bring the summer back. In our days, we have some radars or some music could figure out why this happened. They figured out some years later that in the year in April 1815, in Indonesia, a volcano broke out. The volcano was so strong that 1,500 meters, the mountain was smaller than before. And so much thing came out of the volcano and it moved through many, many months through Europe and to North America. And here is the map of that year of 1816 that you see that in other parts there were summer, but in Europe, in North America, there were still winter. Only because of a volcano in Indonesia. What happened in Asia usually should stay in Asia. But it came to us, you know. You know, um, people felt rock bottom. People felt like in a pit. People have some questions. And now here is the thing. Please take that nugget with you. If a test happens in your life, can become your testimony. Your stumbling stone will become your stepping stone. Out of this tragedy, inventions happened. For example, there was a, 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 a bank, a bank in Germany, Wittenberg Bank. They invented a phone for people in need because of this bad, bad, bad uh, summer. They said, we want to help people in need. Uh, Justus von Leipzig, he developed some organic chemistry and mineral fertilizer. He said, we have to do something. And out of this strategy, he invented fertilizer. If you're using fertilizer for your garden, because 200 years ago, there was a bad, bad, bad summer. Are you love, are people out here, you love to be, you have a bicycle at home? Bicycle, the invention of bicycles is 200 years old. Because in that area, in the 1816, all the horses died. They had no horses anymore. And the people said, we don't, we don't like to walk. What should we do? 
and a guy invented the first bicycle. If you think bicycle is made in Italy, no, it's made 200 years ago. The biggest climb became the biggest stepping stone. Another guy just started painting with a lot of colors. Why is that so? Because every night of the volcano, of the clouds, and when the sun was shining, that the clouds were filled with, with red and yellow and purple. And people said, oh my goodness, look at this sky. It's full of color. And for the very first time, people started painting with a lot of color. And when I heard that about that story two weeks ago, I said to myself, this is like God is acting. When we're facing a rock bottom situation, when we're facing a pit, when you stand faithful, when you stand on the rock, when you don't forget about God's greatness, your stumbling stone will become your stepping stone. This is what Habakkuk is saying to God. And now I want to end um, with the last verse of the song of Habakkuk. Trust what God will do. And now... The last two Bible verses are amazing. Because Habakkuk is still in the pit, is still facing rock bottom. He's still in a crisis of belief. And now I want to teach you what faith means. Faith means what is not here now, I can see in my spirit. Now he speaks out in faith what God will do. Habakkuk 3 verse 17 and 18. Though the fig tree does not bound. And there are no grapes on the wine. Though the olive crop fails and the field produces no food. He says, there is no olives, no grapes, there is nothing. In your life, for example, when you're facing a, a sickness or you have no job or no family, no house, no car, no dog, what, uh, just a no. He had nothing. But he positioned himself, he said, when God was faithful in the past. He will be faithful with myself as well. He goes on. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stall, yet I will joy in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Why was Habakkuk joyful? Because he positioned himself. He said the stone is representing God's goodness. When he have no family, no job, Start to praise God. You are faithful with me. Even there's no job yet. Even I'm lacking of money. Even I have no family. Come, God, I am joyful. Because you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I have spent enough in the yesterdays that gives me hope for the future. I experienced enough God in the yesterdays. It gives me the substance for the future. Verse 19, and now this is how he ends the song of Habakkuk. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. That means God gives me a lightness in my personal journey. You know what I like about Habakkuk? In that position, when people are facing rock bottom, there are two options usually. Either people closing their eyes in front of reality, or they're going back and they're saying that faith doesn't work for me. 
facing a rock bottom situation, just literally means God is testing your roots. How deep are your roots? How deep is your foundation? If you're facing a storm and you're still standing, then you know why God is a good God. People that have never faced any tough situations that just talk about God. But people that face the storm, they know how and God was with them in the storm. And I would love to close this series because I got so many emails from people. So many people said to me, this is the first series I ever heard in ICF about real things. Not only God is good, God is great, you're closing your eyes in front of reality. This gave me a picture to stay settled, firm, position myself in the questions I have to God. And let's close our eyes for a moment and I love the worship song of Habakkuk.